Uh, well, a very warm welcome uh, from me to Echo Catherine's and to everybody online as well. If we've not met, I'm Archie and I'm married to Sam and together we lead the church here at HTB. And we're taking these two Sundays, last Sunday and again today, to look afresh at the vision that we believe that God has given us as a church. Because do you ever look around at what's happening in our world and find yourself wanting to cry out, it doesn't have to be like this. The poor do not have to stay poor. The homeless do not have to stay homeless. The lonely do not have to stay lonely. The broken do not have to stay broken. The addicted do not have to stay addicted. If you've ever thought like that, then this vision is for you. We have a vision which is to play our part in the evangelization of the nations, the revitalization of the church, and the transformation of society. It's a vision to see relationships restored and the homeless housed, the streets safe, addictions broken, the lonely loved, and the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere. That is our vision. And thank you for the part that each and every one of you play in it. There's three things that you and I can each do towards this vision, I believe. Uh, the first thing is to pray. Uh, folks, um, we, we need to pray about this situation uh, that's unfolding in the Middle East. I don't know what will be unleashed in the next 48 hours. Uh, but Tuesday morning, we always pray as a church community anyway on a Tuesday morning. We pray every week between 7.30 and 8, just for half an hour. And we pray on Zoom. Uh, we do that deliberately because we figure that's the way that the most number of people in our church community can come to that weekly touch point. And uh, there's people who join us on Zoom in all manner of ways. Uh, people who are getting their kids ready for the day or on their way to work or at work or exercising or walking the dog. And they all come with their screens firmly off. Uh, so basically any which way you can. But I think we particularly need to be praying uh, for this situation in the Middle East. So everybody praying, and of course there's other things that we pray for the needs of our city and our nation as well. Uh, second is uh, everybody serving or helping out. Uh, what you had on your chairs there and online as well, this annual review, it, it's only partly for information. It's also to spark off ideas for you in how you might like to get involved practically. Lots of different areas in the vision. Uh, my wife Sam today is not here because she's gone into Wormwood Scrubs Prison with a team from HTB uh, there today. So you could do that. You could join that team going to prisons. Or it might be helping with the homeless or those in needing help with debt or recovery or community cafes, or here on a Sunday with kids' church, or the youth, or production, or uh, whatever which way. L lose this to spark an idea as to what can I be involved with as part of this vision. And uh, this Thursday, uh, we're going to have a fair 
where we're going to introduce you particularly to areas around love your neighbour and social transformation that you might like to be involved with. So you can find out more about what would it look like to be part of the prisons team or to help with the homeless shelter or to pay our part in helping women who are on the margins of society. So that's Thursday the 19th of October at Queensgate, our venue there, and you can find out details at the end of the service or on the website. So everybody praying, everybody serving, and then everybody giving, because visions cost money. Of course they do. And uh, one of the things that people sometimes say to me is, you know, HTB... It's a really rich church. Uh, But I have discovered that HTB in and of itself turns out not to be a rich church. We have no reserves, no endowments, uh, nothing we can sell. And we keep enough in our bank account as a church to carry us through around two months' worth of operating costs and salaries. It's the minimum requirement by the Charity Commission. But actually, as I think about that, Sam and I, we we quite like living hand-to-mouth in this way with an organisation that we're leading because it strikes us that what it means is that it holds us accountable to you for the vision and the life of the church. What I mean is that, yes, it's true, there are areas of this vision that we believe right now that God is calling us to expand into and increase. So, for example, we are looking to refilm the Alpha film series, but contextualised in languages and regions right across the globe. Uh, We are looking to uh, train up more leaders through our theological college, uh, St Melitus. We want to put on two light parties for local kids in our area across two of our sites at the end of this month. Uh, We want to open up the cafes here at Brompton Road and another one at Earl's Court, but with a social enterprise component to them. And then the week before Christmas, we'd really like to hire the Roundhouse, which is an 1800 capacity venue in Camden in North London and host Carols for London this Christmas as a church. But all, all these things, you know, they slightly depend, if I'm honest, to put it crudely, on what happens here today. In other words, there is an element to which you can choose to either increase, accelerate, or to slow down the vision of what God wants us to do through your giving. I like that accountability. I think it keeps us honest and close. And of course, dependent not just on one another, but also even more on God. i tell you what's not a myth, though, is that the people at HTB are incredibly generous. Do you know that currently 2,027 people in the church give monthly financially on a regular basis. Actually, it's more than 2027, you think about it, because they represent many of them couples, partners, um, or families. And then others give um, monthly in that way, but others give uh, in one-off donations as well. And the treasurer of the church and the church wardens, we do this exercise twice a year. And the target that they've set us to raise today through all our sites and all our services through today 
they've set us a target of raising our monthly regular giving by £40,000 a month. In other words, if each of us who are already giving, like the 2027 of us, monthly regularly, if we were to increase, to stretch what we give each month, actually, just quickly doing the maths, if everybody, all those 2,000, increased their giving by £20 a month, you'd get 40000 straight off. But even without that, or the people who have joined our church community since we last did this exercise, if you took out a new monthly giving plan today and you totted all that up, all the increased standing orders and all the new ones, and online as well, and all our sites and all our services, and you put all that together, that it would be an increase of £40,000 a month. So that's one target. And then the other target they give, because not everybody wants or is able to give in a regular monthly way. In some ways, that's our preferred way, because it means that we can budget and we know roughly what to expect coming in. Uh, but others prefer to give in one-off donations. Or actually, on a day like this, some of us have like a base level of monthly giving, but on a gift day, which we do twice a year, want to put in a one-off donation towards this vision. And the target, again, the church wardens and the treasurer have given us today is to raise £700,000 through that one-off uh, donation across the day. And so what we'll do at the end of this message, we'll get a basket here and there's envelopes and pens and uh, we'll all pitch in however little or however much uh, you'd like to, to be part of that. And as we think about giving today, I want to take you to a piece of the New Testament uh, to one of the letters written by Apostle Paul, Philippians. And in this little, just by way of context, or what I'm going to read, uh, Paul is in prison. And he's writing this bit. He's going to write to the church in Philippi to thank them for the gifts that they have sent him while he's in prison. Because if you were in prison back then, you didn't get any food and you didn't get any clothing. So you were dependent on the generosity, the goodwill, the kindness of those of your friends on the outside to supply you with food and clothing. And he's writing to thank them for what they have sent him. Have a look at these verses in Philippians chapter 4. He says, It was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more may be credited to your account. I have received full payment. I have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice. Pleasing to God. Don't you love this verse? If this is one to remember. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. What I want to talk about today is the three levels of giving. When occasionally from time to time ought to more than I do, sometimes don't make it, sometimes don't think I want to go to the gym. One of the classes that I go to is called HIT, which stands for High Intensive Interval Training. 
And before we start this class, the instructor always says the same thing. He says, now, over the course of this next 45 hours, 45 hours, 45 minutes, <laughs> feels like 45 hours. I want you to see where you can get your heart rate, he says, for 10 minutes into the red zone, into the highest level of your heart rate. And when we talk about giving, what I'm going to talk about is three levels of giving. There's like a base level, a kind of just to get you breathing, and then a level two, which is to increase your heart rate, and then level three, which is to really get your heart rate pumping. Do you want to hear them? Okay, so level one. This is give for a need. Give to meet a need. This is the level that hopefully gets us all breathing and exercising in giving and hopefully giving something. What Paul says here, it was good of you to share in my troubles. You sent me aid, he says. So if you look around at our world right now, I don't know whether you share with me just such a, a heaviness, an almost despair and hopelessness about what we see whether it's the Israel-Gaza situation, but actually you don't have to look far in our own city, in our own nation. And it seems to me that when we look around at the world, we have either one of two responses. We either shrug our shoulders and say, oh my, but there's just nothing that we can do. Or we look around and we go, oh my, but at least there must be something that we can do. And there is something that we can do. And you're doing it through your praying and through your giving. You know, we have Alpha offices right across the Middle East, in Egypt, in Lebanon, in UAE, in Turkey, in Syria, and a key team that goes in and out of Israel as well. We have 26 Alpha International staff, partly funded through your giving. And they're working out at this very moment how to move all of Alpha online in Hebrew and Arabic. And can you imagine the places that that might go in this coming season? Or if you think closer to home, Alpha in the UK, what we've discovered through this year, 2023, is an increase in the number of courses that are being run. There's 200 new courses using the Chinese Alpha film series alone in the UK, and also an increase in the number of participants, people coming on Alpha across the country. We're going to break through, we think for the first time by the end of this year, 200,000 people who will have done Alpha just in 2023. That's the size of a city the size of Portsmouth, all doing Alpha this year. Talking of Portsmouth, one of the things that you're giving has enabled is to do some matched funding last month on a citywide marketing campaign that we've done in Portsmouth and about five other cities in the UK. It's uh, flyers, videos, billboards. And last Wednesday, the church that we planted from here a few years ago, Harbour Church, they had the biggest number of people that they've had on their Alpha launch. 247 came on Wednesday. This is what your giving is enabling. Or look at another area 
don't know about you, but I remember standing here last Sunday and I was just in a sleeveless T-shirt. Do you remember? It was really warm. And then suddenly, what's happened this weekend? It's suddenly, and I'm thanking God that, that I have central heating. Not everybody does. Thank God then that we have these sites that are warm and that we can take in drop-ins for people who would otherwise be homeless on the streets. We do those on Wednesdays and Thursdays in Queenscape. And from November to March in the coldest months, we're going to open up Earls Court and Queenscape overnight to have people who would otherwise be sleeping rough on the streets into the warmth of our church buildings. This is what your giving is enabling. And it says here, Paul says that you did this in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel. And then he also says, and you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. In other words, that there's some of us here maybe who are new to all this, newly acquainted with the gospel. And today is your opportunity to begin, to begin your giving, to take this envelope and to take out for the first time, perhaps, a monthly regular payment. Maybe he's worried about what are you going to, what are you going to do? 50 pounds a month, 100 pounds a month, 20 pounds a month, whatever it is to get you going. And there's others of us who already maybe for some time have been helping, like giving aid again and again. And this is now not the moment to withdraw or to hold back. But I humbly suggest to double down, to keep going because you are making a difference. Paul says, you know, because of all this giving, he says, I love this phrase, he says, I am amply supplied. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all the needs that we see around us, the part that we can play to meet them, are amply supplied through the giving that happens today. So that's level one. Level two is this. Give to please God. Going to increase your heart level just a little bit now. Earlier this week, I came through my front door home and on the front doormat was a letter. And uh, evidently, several others in my household had stepped over this letter and ignored it. But my attention was drawn to it because it was evidently for me. It says, to a caring person living at the vicarage, Holy Trinity Brompton. And so I, I, I realised that was for me. And I opened it and it's uh, from uh, a charity about an urgent Christmas appeal. And if I gave a certain amount, this is what they would be able to do. That, that, that's level one giving. It's giving to meet a need and it's really, really important. It's the base level of giving. But now what Paul does is he lifts it up a level. He says there's something else that's going on when you give. You're giving, he says, to please God. They are a fragrant offering the gifts you sent, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Sometimes people ask, does it matter how much I give to God? Does it matter how much I give on a gift day, how much I put on this envelope? Yeah, it really, really, really matters. Because everything that you and I write is a way of saying 
I'm wanting to be a fragrant offering in what I give. I, I, I want to please God. I, I want to put a figure down there that is somehow demonstrating that I love you, Lord, more than anything else in my life. This giving is for you. So, of course, it's not the actual figure that you write because that's going to be all relative. I mean, there's people here who are on different incomes, different life stages, completely different capacities. So it's not the actual figure, but it's what it's coming out of, the heart of our giving. I remember on a day like this, several years ago, somebody coming up to me at the end of the service, at the end of the gift day, and he said to me, this is my first Sunday at the church. I thought, oh no, it's just such a bad one to come to. I'm talking about money. Some of you thinking that. He said, no, 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 my parents dropped me off because I've come to university here. They dropped me off for yesterday, Saturday, and today I've heard about this church, so I've come here. He said, the thing is, though, with the envelope, when I wrote it, I just had to put an IOU because my student loan, it doesn't come through for another fortnight. Um, is it okay that I just put a pledge because I couldn't actually put any money in? And I thought that was extraordinary because... What he was doing, it seemed to me, was saying, look, I'm going to start as I mean to go on. Uh, as I move into this new city and this new community, this new season of my life, I'm going to live a life that is a fragrant offering. Everything that I do, I don't know how much he put on the envelope. That wasn't really the point. He said, I want to live a life that's pleasing to God. And I watched that young man over the three years that he was in our church. And I saw how God blessed him. And I saw how God was able to flow his purposes through him. And I saw how he grew in faith. And I can't help thinking something of that was tracked back to his heart that he started out with. It says here, an acceptable sacrifice. Oh, I've been thinking about that. What, what would it mean? What, what would I have to write here today for it to be an acceptable sacrifice? Because that sounds a bit painful. Ouch. What I was doing, this might, because <laughs> I was thinking about, because I have all these um, direct debits that come out of my account, like on the first, second of the month. Yeah, I mean, there's Amazon Prime, there's Netflix, I've got Audible, <laughs> I've got the kids' um, mobile phones, <laughs> I've got a Spotify. And I thought, well, maybe for me, the sacrifice is I just cut one of those. And I put that instead to increase my monthly giving. It does sound so little, doesn't it? But actually, for me, it's quite a sacrifice. I wonder what your sacrifice would be. Of course, it's not just the money, is it? It's, it's the prayers, it's the giving, it's the serving, it's the attitude of heart, and it's the money. To live our whole lives that are saying on a gift day, my life's aim is to please you, Lord. And then the third level of giving. So this is the stretch zone. I want you to understand this. This is the level of giving to see whether we can stretch and get ourselves into because it will increase your fitness. And it's giving to trust God more. I want to understand what Paul is doing here. So he's thanking the Philippians for the gifts that they have sent him. And what he realises is, 
he lives in a world like we all do, that when you give something, you understandably expect to get something back. So he talks in language here of giving and receiving, of credited to your account. We do this all the time. We give out and we expect that something will somehow be repaid to us. Um, you take out a subscription and in return you expect a certain level of service. You buy a round of drinks and you expect that next time somebody will buy you a drink, yeah? So, and this is how the world works. There's a cycle of giving and receiving, of owing and paying, of investing and returning. And Paul doesn't disagree with any of that. The Philippians have been very generous to him and now he owes them big time. He's got to somehow repay them. But that's the problem. He can't. He hasn't got anything. So what he does is something very clever. He doesn't dismiss his obligation to repay them. But what instead he does is he takes his obligation to repay them and he lifts it up into the divine economy of God himself. And he says to them, you know, you are owed back for what you've invested and given to me, but I can't, but I know a man who can. So my God, my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And in fact, what you will have returned to you, he's saying, is far more than I could ever have given or repaid you myself. Let me explain. This is level three giving. Imagine you come down, imagine you come down stairs one morning, you go to your kitchen, you turn on the tap, but no water comes out. If that happens, you don't immediately start thinking, oh no, all the water in the world has run out. No, of course, what you realise is that there's some blockage in that particular channel of the water. That's where the problem is. And it's the same in your life. You know, some people think it's their job or their income that is the source of what they need. But jobs may come and go. Bank balances rise and fall. Economies go up and down. Stock markets go bull and bear. If you think it's your job that is keeping you financially secure, you will likely live your entire life feeling insecure. God is your source. And he is quite capable when one tap is turned off to unblock another one and produce water, produce to you what you need in another way. The truth is, if you want to live as a deeply secure person, you need to learn to trust God's wealth and not your own. And that's what this scripture is saying. That your giving is going to come back to you for sure, Paul is saying. And it's going to come back in returns and ways that you could never imagine. In fact, by your giving and receiving and entering into this divine economy, you just entered into a whole new ball game of God meeting your needs according to his glorious riches 
in Christ Jesus. So finally, how much should you and I give on a gift day? The answer that I've come to is to give whatever will make me trust in God as my source. Whatever will force me to activate this promise that it is God who will meet all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That he who gave up his only son, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things. This is level three giving. It's to give in order to trust God more in our lives. And that is why I don't mind much talking about money in a church and certainly not in a gift day because I've never seen it as an exercise of raising cash or balancing the books. I'm not a fundraiser. I'm a faith raiser. And when we take this envelope in a moment and get our pens out, what we are actually writing in whatever figure we write here, and there'll be hundreds of different figures according to our own different life stage and capacity and faith and everything else, whatever we're writing is what we're really writing is, I trust you, God. That's why I'd encourage anybody and everybody to take part in this. Even if you're going to have to go away and have a little think about this, or you need to talk to a partner at home first, even if you're only visiting here or you're recently joined, even if you can only keep your present level giving the same and not really increase it at all, or not do anything, you just want to write a prayer, even if it's only a pledge or an IOU because I haven't got my bank details on me, I encourage everybody to write something And then what we'll do, we'll put a basket in the middle and we'll come all the way, yes, all the way from the balconies and we'll do it online as well. And we'll come down to this central point and each of us will be putting in, it'll be a declaration. God, in these times, in all that I see in this world, I'm giving to a need, I'm giving to please God, but more than anything, I'm giving this figure because I am choosing to live my life in a way that I saying, I trust you, God. Can you imagine if we all did that? Can you imagine? Not, not the money that would be raised, but the faith, the expectation, the dependence upon God that would be raised, the trust levels that would flow right out of this community towards the evangelization of the nation, the revitalization of the church, and the transformation of society. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together as we 